Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Catherine Price will join us to discuss how to break up with your phone. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science show. Well, our phones have gone from being a very useful tool to more of a temptation. But is it even possible to break up with your phone? Well, in the new book, How to Break Up with Your Phone, The 30-Day Plan to Take Back Your Life, author Catherine Price explores just this issue. Uh, Ms. Price is a renowned author, a public speaker. Previous book, Vitamania, How Vitamins Revolutionize the Way We Think About Food, was featured in numerous publications. And her new book, How to Break Up with Your Phone, The 30-Day Plan to Take Back Your Life, is now available. And Price, I want to thank you very much for joining us on the Grok Science Show. Thank you so much for having me. Certainly our pleasure. I think certainly a topic which I think is pressing for all of us uh, these days uh, with tenured wired lifestyles. I'm curious, how did you become interested in actually uh, tagging this issue and writing the book? Well, I have a background in mindfulness, so I kind of have been trying to cultivate more of a sense of how I'm you know, spending my time and making sure it's how I actually want to be spending my time for a while. But uh, what happened that in particular that triggered the idea for this book is that I had a baby a couple years ago and there was one night late in the evening when I was feeding her I was exhausted and kind of bored and so I was looking at my phone and then out of the corner of my eye I caught sight of her looking at me and maybe it was the sleep deprivation but I had this kind of out of body experience where I could see that scene from the outside of uh, her staring at me and me looking at my phone and I decided wow that's really not the impression I want to be giving to my daughter so that was kind of a wake up moment for me then I just started talking more with my husband about both our own relationships with our phones and the relationships we saw around us. And the more we talked, the more it seemed like this was a a subject that was worth, you know, a book and worth addressing and that might help other people to think about as well. So that was how the idea was uh, born. And the one thing I like to clarify to people right from the start is that by breaking up with your phone, it's not about throwing your phone out or going back to a flip phone. It's really about taking a step back, evaluating your relationship and then creating a better and healthier one. You know, just like when you break up with a person, you're probably not swearing off human relationships forever. It's uh, it's certainly true. I think probably all experience that moment where we, we feel like we're not really present, especially with our phones, and point out the phone, is, it's been designed almost to, to trap us in this way, to addict us. It definitely has. The more I looked into the features on my phone, the more I realized how strategic they were in terms of making me want to spend as much time on the phone as possible. And this is because of a brain chemical called dopamine that's released when we encounter something that's pleasurable or exciting in some way. It could be positive or negative emotional excitement, shocking, surprising, whatever. If you think about it, you find something like that waiting for you nearly every time you pick up your phone, um, whether it's social media or a notification. And every time you encounter one of those triggers, your brain releases a bit of dopamine, which teaches you to associate the act of picking up your phone with getting some kind of emotional reward. And as you can imagine, the more that happens, the more you want to pick up your phone, to the point that just looking at your phone can make your brain release dopamine in anticipation 
And that's where you start to have this cycle of cravings that we're all really familiar with. And I hadn't really thought very much about the design element before researching this book, but if you look at some of the, the design elements of some of these apps, you start to notice how they're deliberately designed to take advantage of this dopamine cycle. So, so for example, social media feeds are endless, right? You can scroll forever. It took me a very long time to realize I could never finish Facebook. And that's very deliberate because you don't have a stopping cue. You don't have something that suggests that maybe you should maybe do something else. You know, if you binge eat ice cream, eventually you're going to reach the bottom of the container and you're going to have to make a conscious decision to get another container. But when you're on Facebook or Instagram or any of those social media sites, you can keep going and going and going and going and really binge on the content and the, the dopamine cycle without having any trigger to stop. And is this sort of addiction, is it, is it similar to other types of addiction? Does it change our brains in the same way? It definitely does change your brain to spend lots of time on your phone or on the internet in general. The term addiction is uh, controversial and a lot of people will kind of focus on that term to try to say, oh, this is not the same as the opioid crisis, you know, things like that. And I don't think anyone's saying that it is that, but gambling is is now recognized as what they call a behavioral addiction. And if you look at what happens in our brains when we encounter um, these triggers with the the dopamine cycle that I was just talking about, it is the same cycle and the same chemicals that are involved in other addictions addictions. Personally, I feel comfortable using the word addiction, um, but I don't think we need to really focus too much on that because the real point is how much time are we spending on our phones and how does that make us feel? And the average person is spending about four hours a day on their phone, which is a quarter of our waking lives. So, you know, that feels okay to you. That's fine. Um, But to me, at least it suggests, or it makes me want to think a bit harder about how I'm interacting with my phone. And uh, also just to clarify why the app makers would want us to spend so much time using their products, um, it's because we are actually not their customers. They're selling ads and our eyeballs are what is being sold. So in other words, they get money from advertisers the more we spend, the more time we spend looking at their social media feeds. And I think that's an important thing for people to realize because it kind of changes the way you think about your experience when you suddenly realize, oh, they're making money off of me. <laughs> they're selling my attention. And it is especially, to me, arresting when you realize that our lives are what we pay attention to. And when you pay attention to something, you can never, I mean, that's all your experience in that moment. Once you spend your attention, you can't get it back. So it's actually a very valuable commodity. I'm sure a lot of people have been in the same situation where you're talking to somebody and then you both pull out your phones and you're just sitting there on your phones when you could be interacting with the other persons. Exactly. And there's even a new word for that, uh, fubbing, which is short for phone snubbing. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm curious, so what other ways uh, then can all, all this sort of phone addiction or phone uh, enticements uh, then affect us? <laughs> Um, Well, in a number of ways, it can affect our ability to focus um, and to ignore distractions. It can affect our ability to form new memories. Um, Perhaps even more importantly, it can really affect our our perception of an experience of our own lives in the moment. It's impossible to be fully lost in an experience if you're distracted by a notification. And so just that very fact can mean that your phone can take you away from your actual life. Um, In terms of the focus, it's kind of interesting to realize that our brains are naturally wired to be distractible, which makes sense because you want to be able to quickly notice a threat in your environment. But when you have something like reading, that requires really training your brain to go against its instincts and to maintain focus on one thing for 
a long period of time. And it's not just picking something to focus on. It's actually all about ignoring everything else, all the other stimuli that you're being bombarded with while you're, say, trying to read a book, right? So the phone gives you constant little distractions. It provides you with constant things that you could pay attention to. And in so doing, it kind of undoes the hard work that we've put in when we learn how to read or we learn how to keep our attention on one thing for a long time. And it's not it's not like it's um, our brains are kind of like, eh, either way, it's fine. Our brains actually want to be distracted. So the phone is undoing the hard work we put into learning how to concentrate and helping to coax us towards our natural state of distraction. I, I think a lot of people realize that this is a problem. I mean, certainly it's, it's gotten a lot of media attention. I mean, uh, so what can we do? I mean, as many addicts oftentimes realize, uh, you know, I'm, I'm addicted, but uh, how do I get out of this? Yeah, it's a, a good question, obviously. So <laughs> I structured my book to have two distinct parts. The first half is called The Wake Up, and it's all about the stuff we were just talking about, um, why we should be paying more attention to relationships with our phones. The second part is called The Break Up, and it's a 30-day plan to change your habits and create a healthier relationship. So what I like to tell people from the beginning is that um, if you just act or, or treat this as uh, an act of self-denial or um, restriction, then you're probably going to fail. So if you're just following like a listicle where it says um, turn off notifications and just stop using your phone, that's not really going to help because you're not addressing the root of the issue, which is why are you reaching for your phone in the first place? And that in turn requires you to notice when you're reaching for your phone. So really the first thing that we all need to do if we want to change our behaviors is to start catching ourselves when we're about to reach for our phones or when we have reached for our phones. Um, and one suggestion I have is to put a rubber band around your phone so there's a physical prop that, that makes you kind of snap out of um, what I call a zombie check when you check without even thinking and actually realize what you're doing. I also have created these uh, lock screen downloads, which are on the book's website, um, phonebreakup.com, that have prompts like, what do you want to pay attention to? So that when you go to turn on your phone, you see a question, and it hopefully will be a little speed bump that you can use to notice what you're doing and make a conscious choice. So I think that's the one of the most important things. And another important thing that we don't often realize is that we're framing it as a really negative goal to try to restrict ourselves and cut back right on phone time. And that makes it sound like a diet, and no one likes being on a diet. Instead, what I like to think about is the idea that, okay, if your life is what you pay attention to and you're paying attention to your phone, then your phone becomes your life. That means you're missing out on all this other potentially great stuff in your life. So your phone goes from this pleasurable escape to something that is actually preventing you from achieving deeper joy and happiness in other areas of your life. So if you frame it instead as I'm going to change my relationship with my phone to be happier rather than I'm going to cut back, I think that can really help people to stay on track and, and feel more positively motivated about the changes they're trying to make. So sort of break yourself of kind of automated habit of, of going for the phone. Uh, oftentimes, if you're addicted to cigarettes, you try and find something to replace it with. What uh, what would you recommend here in terms of trying to refocus your attention? Yeah, this is a really important point because, as I found with my own experience, okay, if you use your phone less, you're going to have a lot more free time. And unless you know what you want to do with that time, then you're going to end up back on your phone. And like you're saying, this is the same with any kind of habit change or um, uh, attempt to break into addiction, you need to give yourself new triggers that are going to result in the behavior you actually want to achieve, right? So the first step is to ask yourself, what do I actually enjoy? Which can be a surprisingly tricky question to answer. Um, and what do I want to pay attention to? So for example, if you say, I want to read more, well, okay, 
great, that's the first step. The second is to create triggers in your environment that make it easier to do that new behavior. So in the case of reading, you could leave a book on your bedside table that you want to read and then make a point of charging your phone in a different room so that when you go to bed, you're presented with the trigger for the activity that you have decided that you want to do. What about for people who, who know someone who's kind of addicted to a phone? Uh, should they have something like an intervention? <laughs> well, that's definitely like the the question, right? Because um, a lot of people, pretty much everyone, when I tell them the title of this book, say, oh, my God, I need that. But then they also tend to say, and my husband slash wife slash best friend slash whatever <laughs> needs it too. So, I mean, I think that actually having an intervention is a great idea, which sounds so dramatic, but like so many of us are so unconscious about how our phone use is affecting the people that we care about. Um, and so I do recommend that people try to talk to their loved ones. And, and one way to do that, if you're a parent in particular, is to have the kid talk to the parent about their phone relationship, because that can be extremely surprising to people that their children are actually aware of and affected by their screen habits. So that would be one suggestion. And then on a more playful note, I made a, um, a little invitation video on the book's website that people can share with each other in a kind of non-confrontational way to suggest that maybe they need to break up. <laughs> Uh, well, you did bring up kids. What, what about kids? I mean, uh, you know, given that they're in a, such a formative stage, should they even uh, have a phone? When would be the earliest time you think they should have a phone? Uh, what kinds of restrictions do you think they should have? Well, that is definitely a big topic, too, because um, the average kid gets a smartphone at like 10 now, which I personally do find to be ridiculous. I don't really understand why a 10-year-old needs to have a, access to the Internet all, at all times. I mean, what I would say to parents is that the first thing you should ask yourself is, is what's the purpose of getting your kid a phone? Because chances are they're not paying it for themselves. So you do have authority to, in some way, control that purchase. Um, and for kids who are really young, I mean, ask yourself, what's the purpose? I know a lot of people who get their kids' phones just so they know if they got home safe from school. Well, there are smart watches and there are also dumb phones, flip phones, landlines. I mean, there's other alternatives that you can use to achieve the same purpose. Um, the other thing that I would say is that there's actually another new book out called The Art of Screen Time by Anya Kamenetz, and it's all about kids and screen time. And she has a very useful slogan, um, which is, what is it? Enjoy screens, not too much, mostly with others, I think. I may be slightly misphrasing that. But the idea is, if you are going to look at screens with your children, make sure that it's actually an interactive experience. Make sure that, that you're, you're talking about the experience. And I think that's another really important thing for families to keep in mind. Smartphones are not going away. They're only going to get more sophisticated. And so instead of just putting blanket restrictions, I think it's very important to have a family conversation about the issue of smartphone addiction. I did say that. Um, and talk about family habits and then come up with a family plan. And that involves also limiting adult screen time. So adults, you may have to put your phone to bed. <laughs> like I recommend having a basket where everyone's phones quote unquote sleep for the night. And you can make a game of trying to catch people when they're cheating. So anyway, I think that it needs to be an open conversation with uh, with fa with families. Uh, uh, almost certainly, and uh, probably the earlier they learn uh, learn about uh, the, the the potential dangers of, of screen time, the, the better they'll be with uh, with regulating their own behavior. 
Exactly. Like I like to, I mean, my daughter's two and a half, but I still like already to point out to her how many people are on their phones all the time, you know, and as she gets older and more capable of deeper conversations, I think it's important to point that out and then talk about what effect that's having on their interactions. Like, oh, look, those people are on a date. They both are on their phones. Like, I wonder how that conversation is being affected and things like that. Well, certainly a fascinating book. Uh, I'm curious, we are running slightly out of time. Uh, maybe if you have some uh, final words again about how to break up with your phone. <laughs> well, I would start just by getting in the habit of asking yourself, uh, what do I want to pay attention to? And really take it from there. Okay, okay. Well, the, the new book is called How to Break Up with Your Phone, The 30-Day Plan to Take Back Your Life. The author, uh, Ms. Catherine Price. And uh, Ms. Price, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. Thank you so much for having me. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking. Bye.